Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. It's time to go ahead and check your blood sugar. Amen. Because there's somebody in here, the blood sugar is normal. And I want to know about it. you are challenged with circumstances beyond your control, put your hope in Jesus and be set free. Join Kelly Copeland on today's Believer's Voice of Victory as she shares more from Healing School. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we thank you. Oh, we thank you for being our healer. Just thank him right now. We thank you that we have a Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. I wanted to share with you a word that the Lord gave me. It won't take long. But the Lord has been so gracious to me. You know, Hebrews 12 talks about running your race with, race with endurance. You know that God has planned for us not only to finish, but to finish strong, to finish healed, to finish free. He has seen to it this week that we have heard a word of freedom. He wants his people free. You know, when the children of Israel stepped out into the desert to follow Moses, that had been a long, 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 long bout of slavery. And you would imagine that it looked like it would never end. And sometimes things that we face, that's, they can feel that way. Like, this has been in my body for a long time, or this has been in my heart, or I've hurt, I've had hurts or unforgiveness for a long time. And they stepped out into that place with trusting, you know, the Lord, trusting to, they were happy to leave slavery but then they came up on the Red Sea. And, and the, it seemed like they were getting free and then all of a sudden it looked like there was no hope. Say, but God. The Lord is here to set us free. He, he did the work, we just have to receive. But the Lord's been showing me some things recently. You know, and Paul told uh, Timothy, um, he talked to him about that he wanted to give him instructions to fight well, to help him fight well. And that there had been things, people had violated their consciences and their faith was shipwrecked. And so the Lord's been showing me some things that has uh, stealthily shipwrecked our faith at times. And so I, I wanted to share one of them with you that I felt like was real key. Is that all right this morning? Hallelujah. He has been talking to me about hope. 
And you know, we heard it. I was like, thanks, Brother Keith. You like threw that hope word in there a lot this week. And God is talking to us about hope. And sometimes we hear the word and we think, we assume it means something that it doesn't. And we can, it's really not just when we read the word, but when we hear brother and sister Copeland talk about faith, or you hear the faith ministers that we listen to talk about faith, and, and you hear them say, you can't just hope for something. That's true, isn't it? It takes faith. But that doesn't make hope a dirty word. Because sometimes when you start talking to hope about people, they just, their defenses go, well, you don't, we're faith people. We're not hope people. No, you can't be a faith people if you're not a hope people. And what the Lord has been showing me, and I'm not talking about the kind of hope, like when the Bible talks about in Hebrews 11 that faith is the substance of things hoped for, I'm not talking about in the sense of that, that picture of what you're believing for, like, um, you know, if it was money or, or business something or something with your family or even to be healed or out of a wheelchair. I'm not talking about the thing you're believing for. I'm not talking about the thing that you can get a picture of and put on your vision board because you have to have that. And to be able to see that, you have to have faith. As you see faith, you'll begin to see that. And as brother Keith said, that doesn't precede faith. However, there's a hope that precedes it all. And this is where the Lord said, we've missed it. And if you think about the story in, or the occurrence in Mark 4, where Jesus got into the boat with his disciples and he said, let's go to the other side. Well, we all know the story. When they got on, when they, Jesus got them to the other side and he, and he diagnosed them. You know, we need to let Jesus diagnose us. Hebrews 12 talks about a shaking, talks about that race with endurance, but you don't get your race with endurance if you don't let the Lord correct you. So we have to be okay with thinking, oh yeah, Lord, boy, I missed that one. No matter where you are, how long you've been in this, you've been hearing dad talk about, hey, he's before the father for correction. And I am too, are you? And you know, correction's just growing up. It's not bad. It's not shame. If you can hear it through hope or you can hear it through shame, let's hear it through love and hope this morning because that's, what, that's how he's saying it to us. Because if, if you'll let him clean your house out, Satan can't tear your house up. So these guys get in this boat and Jesus goes to sleep. Now, and they, you know, you got to give it to them. They hadn't been with Jesus that long, right? This is just Mark 4. I mean, some of y'all think, well, I'd have done this. And I'm like, okay, I've thought that. You know, you think the right faith thing to do would have been to leave Jesus asleep and to step out and do what he did to the storm. But you know what? That's a really mature level of faith. That may not be where you come to 
the presence of Jesus today. But after you practice these things a while, that's exactly what you just take the word and you speak it and say it. You believe it already. But these guys were not there yet. But that's the way I've always thought that the faith thing to do would have been to do that. But you know what? They didn't fail because they woke Jesus up. They could have come to Jesus. They could have woke him up and they, and they could have said, Jesus, you said we're going to the other side, but we don't know what to do. They could have been trembling when they went to him and said, we don't know what to do. This hurts. This is more than we know what to do with physically. This is more than our seamanship can handle. But you said we're going to the other side. Tell us what to do. They didn't do that. They went to Jesus. They woke him up and they said, Master, which is sort of seems sarcastic after what they said to him after that. It's very insincere to call him master and then say, we're going to die. Don't you care? <laughs> you see, they had no hope. Never, not even mentioning get to the other side. They had no hope in Jesus. And he said to them when it was done, the Amplified said, where was your confidence in me? This is why they had little faith. Where was your confidence in me? He said, the Amplified says, in my veracity, which means my inability to lie. So the Lord told me we've missed it because we've, we're, we're, we have not done that first. We've not established that our hope is in him. Our hope is in him. And you may be in a mess right now, but your hope is him. And until you put your hope squarely, securely, right in his face, right on him, and until you can say, I don't know how you're going to get me through this, but you are going to get me through. You know, we need to be in a resting place with that. You know, we need to be like the firemen who are in the firehouse and they're on duty and, you know, they're not fighting a fire. They don't sit around in their firefighting clothes. At least that's what the movies, you know, tell you. They're sitting at the table. They're laughing. They're having lunch. But that bell rings and they are in their clothes and on the truck that quick. They know exactly what to do and they're off to fight that fire. Well, I've had stuff happen in my life that I wasn't looking for and I didn't want. But because I know who my Jesus is, there were times when I didn't know how I was going to, how are you going to get me to the other side? You know, Mary and Zachariah's statements when the angel told them what was going to happen to them were very, very similar. So similar that you, if you don't really look into it, you wouldn't understand why Mary got, you know, grace and favor and Zachariah got his mouth shut for nine months. But Mary said, 
I don't know how you're going to do that, which I think is a fair question for a virgin to say. She said, I don't know how you're going to do that, but I'm your handmaiden. Be it done unto me. But Zachariah said, how can I be sure? Because Mary had, Mary knew right who was her source. Zachariah didn't know that. And so his mouth was shut so that he could go through that process to get sure. Now that's a really good lesson. Because if you're sure in your hope in Jesus, you won't say stuff that works against what he's doing in your life. And when those things have happened to me, I didn't know. And I, I've had, and I, there have been times, I mean, you've heard my stories, you know, um, about, you know, Jenny, they, Jenny died at the scene of an accident when she was 18 months old. But I, I knew that I knew that I knew that God would deliver her, even in an, even in an impossible situation. They said she was going to die. They said Lindsay was going to die at 11 years old. But I remember after the Lord took, you know, he showed me what to do and how to get a hold of my faith and the word that was inside of me. But I knew where my hope was. I knew he would see me through. I've been, can I, can I just get real with you right now? I've been divorced three times. So many of y'all have walked through my life with me and you've seen it and you've prayed for me. And you know, I could stand, I could get so involved and concerned about whose is this fault and whose is that fault or what happened or, but that's not the gospel. The gospel is it doesn't matter. The gospel is Jesus came. The gospel is no matter where you are, who you are, how good you think your life is, you need a savior. You know, the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he, he asked him a question that you find out later. He really didn't think that Jesus would have anything to say to him. If we don't let Jesus diagnose us, he can't help us like he wants to. And so for, for several years, I was in a place, I'm believing God, and things didn't look like they were changing, but I know that I know that I know that I know that I know he's taking me to the other side. And in that, that didn't mean I didn't cry, didn't mean I wasn't hurt, didn't mean I didn't have to stand. Didn't mean I didn't have to repent for stuff I'd say. But it meant I knew where to look. And I knew he would get me through. And when we try to confess the word over situations without that, we're putting the cart before the horse. And you're trying to confess the words of a man who you haven't put your confidence in. But you can do that this quick. But that's where people live when they're hurting is it hurts. 
And Jesus is not okay with you staying that way, but he's okay with you coming to him that way. It's what he said. If you've got a burden, come. You don't have to, there's this back of our mind idea, we got to get rid of it and then come to him. Or we got to act like we don't have it to come to him. That's not faith. You can't act like you don't have a problem and come to Jesus and expect him to get your problem. Amen. But we have a savior. And the more you need a savior, the more you know you need a savior, the more you get a savior. I'm just telling you, God has set me free. God has set me free. And I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't go back. If I went back 8, 10, 12, 15 years ago, I'd have to go back to that old me and I wouldn't do that. I have a savior. You have a savior. With, you know, the feelings that we have and the emotions that we have when we're, when we're hurting, God gave us those feelings and emotions. And we are a people that know how to not be led by them. But we still have them. But here's where we, here's where a place we've missed it as well. You know, your feelings, your physical feelings in your hand, your nerves, your, your pain sensors, that's pretty important. If you put your hand on a stove with no pain sensory ability, you don't know that there's a hurt there, that that's hurting. Move your hand and do something different. <laughs> well, the feelings and the things that come up in us, even doubt and unbelief, let the Lord diagnose it. Don't be ashamed of it. Take care of it. And when you have doubt, when you're sitting here and you're, you came in the door and you're like, this is healing school. Now, you know, Lord, I want my healing, but I'm not seeing it. Well, quit trying to see yourself get out of a wheelchair and start seeing the one. Start seeing the healer. Start looking at him. You know, Moses, the Lord told Moses to raise the serpent up on a pole. And he said, Look, and, the, and the Amplified says, ex, look expectantly and attentively and s with your gaze straight on it, and they'd be healed. This is Jesus today. This is who we're lifting up today. And when you look at him and you say, yes, you are going to get me through, and you're going to show me exactly what to do, exactly what to say. And I thank the Lord for this here today that you can just come and receive your healing today. You are healed. The Bible does say by his stripes you were healed. Amen. Take it this morning. The word of the Lord came to me. He said, I want to heal people in the morning of diabetes. And he gave me this instruction. If you have your equipment with you, check your blood, check your sugar. 
Because when you check it again, we get done this morning, your sugar's going to be back down tomorrow. And uh, besides that, some of you are going to check it now, and it's normal. I just heard the Lord say that praise God. This is Pierre from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. He's been a partner for about 10 years. Um, this last year, the doctors diagnosed him with type 2 diabetes and tried to put him on pills. And he, he's been a believer for a long time, and he just refused to take the pills. He wasn't going to take the medicine. And in the process, of course, he's had high blood pressure. They tried to put him on medicine for that. But today, he says he's received his healing in his eyes. He hasn't been able to read without the glasses on the top of Hallelujah. his head. But now he has no problem reading the scripture right here, right now, already. <laughs> you know you're going to have to read us a verse, don't you? No, there is hallelujah hope in thine end. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, been interceding for this meeting and I saw over into it and I saw a man that was on consistent dialysis because both of his kidneys had died due to diabetes and the Lord said I am going to recreate those kidneys in this this is Nathan Gasford he and his wife Lacey are from Alva Oklahoma and this is their first trip here he was born in 1980 with a with a a defective kidney and in 1990 his mom donated a kidney and now the doctors are telling him that that kidney is failing but he heard what you said about new kidneys he also heard what Tracy's said about new kidneys and he's said that he is healed and he's receiving new kidneys today yes 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 amen yes sir. amen this is connected to something that happened long time ago. The Lord didn't show me what it, what it is. But at this moment, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by His blood, you are totally and completely separated from that. Now, Tracy. Yes. New kidney, new kidney, right fresh out of the box. Glory <laughs> to God, hallelujah. I, I've heard it a couple of times now in just the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, it's time to go ahead and check your blood sugar. Amen. Because there's somebody in here, the blood sugar is normal and I want to know about it. Praise God. Amen. Is that you? I've been diagnosed with diabetes for about 15, 17 years. And uh, he told me to take my blood sugar. And then when I did, it was normal. It was 85. It hadn't been that for I don't know 85. how long. It was 85. And then you told me to take it again, and it came down to 72. Oh. So, praise the Lord. Blessing today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And then I want to add that Satan tried to tell me, he's not talking to you. 
He can't heal you. He can heal everybody else, but he can't heal you. But I can tell you, Satan, you are a liar. Yes, he and the is. Father of <laughs> Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord God. Oh, Woo! Yeah! Come on! 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 We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.